Hey there, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, episode 31, The Soapbox. Yes, Dina and I get on our soapbox for this episode. It's going to be super exciting to listen to for sure. We chat about all of the following on our soapbox episode. We chat about supplements, talk about the qualifications and expertise of people on an athlete support team, talk a little bit about testing services. And lastly, expecting miracles without being willing and ready to make a behavior change. This is our, our first uh, soapbox, so stay tuned. You're going to absolutely love listening to what Dina and I have to say. Thanks for listening. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. I'm Dina Griffin, Bob Sibahart on the other side, the other mic. How are you doing today, Bob? I'm on the flip side, not the dark side, just the flip side. I'm doing just, I'm just doing so well. I'm, you know, we're recording this on a Friday morning. I'm just so looking forward to wrapping up the week. I don't know about you. I feel that way. This week in particular has been a good challenging one in many ways. And so Bob, I think we're both in a, in a funk kind of funky funk this morning as we're chatting. It feels like it, doesn't it? Like we're just a little, I don't know, honorary or just, I don't know. It's, I think it's just both of us, interestingly, have just had one of those weeks and now it's accumulating at the end of the week. And I think we're just a little feisty today, right? It's, it is that sense. And so I'm wondering, Bob, we are changing gears a little bit for today's episode and we may call it a little jump on our soapbox as we work out our heebie-jeebies, our funky funks, <laughs> kind of chat this out. As sport dietitians, we, we have a lot of different individuals we work with. I mean, we're all human anyways, right? So, so every single person's different, every scenario, every situation. Um, but just, it seems like a, a time that we're both feeling some cumulative impact in the work we're doing. So touching on a few areas that have been surfacing for both of us. So let me, let me hop on my soapbox and, but but Bob, you take a step up on yours. I'm I'm on it. I've I've been on it all morning. Okay. You've been on it. I'm (laughs) I'm getting up to the next level on my soapbox, but we need a little pressure relief. What's been going on on your side, Bob? I, I tell you, I don't know why, and I'm not going to say this is bothering me because it does come up, you know, obviously, like, as you mentioned, we are sport dietitians. We love helping athletes improve their health and performance, but it just seems to be a broken record lately. And in, in the consulting work I've been doing with athletes and, and teams is supplements. You know, I feel like we almost needed some, some very dramatic music when I said supplements, right. <laughs> but I don't know. I, it just, it just seems, you know, on my soapbox, it just seems that there's there's a lot of confusion. We know there's a lot of confusion with supplements, but recently it just, it's been getting to me because here's the thing, Dina, and I know you probably feel the same way and, and, and I'll pass the, pass the soap to you here in a second, but you know, athletes are taking supplements. We know that there's actually very few that I've worked with that are not taking some type of supplement, but here's my soapbox. Here's my issue. Why, why are you taking supplements? So I see so much, and this is where I'm going with this. It's the why behind it's like, why are you taking XYZ or ABC supplement? They don't understand the why. And that's been bothering me. I just have to get this off my chest. 
it's been bothering me because if you don't know why you're putting a substance in your body, that is not food related. Although I would probably argue you should know the why behind that too. If you're putting this, this supplemental substance in your body and you don't know why it's probably not for a good reason. Right. And the meaning I've seen a lot of athletes make a lot of mistakes, spend a ton of cash and basically flush it down the toilet because they just don't understand the why. And not that we're going to highlight any specific supplements, but it's just really been bothering me that athletes are like, Oh, I'm going to take this because my training partner does, or because this celebrity, or I saw it on Twitter or TikTok or wherever, right. It just, Oh, I just needed to get that out. Dina. Breathe it out, Bob. Breathe, Breathe it, it out. out. <sighs> on that vein though. The other thing that's missing from that story is potential danger around supplements. And I don't even mean contamination or some of those issues that are very legitimate, but certain supplements um, like folic acid is one, right? That Mm -hmm. if, or we think we're doing a good thing, taking extra folate, but looking at the form, it's folic acid, for example, too much of that combined with maybe folic acid from other food sources processed foods, fortified foods that can actually cause some issues when we look at pathways. I mean, not to be too sciencey, but just for a minute, you know, looking at some of the pathways related to methylation, if we're using a supplement and we think we're doing a good thing, uh, and it's the wrong form though, or too high of an amount on top of whatever else we are consuming, we can really grew up our health and that may not be affected or manifested very quickly. It can take some time, but things can get really complicated and muddy. And so Bob, just to your point, like, why are you adding on a supplement? Really being cautious Mm -hmm. around that has to be in, in and on everyone's minds. Absolutely. And and even, even again, you kind of brought up folic acid and and folate, I think it's important to understand. And, you know, vitamin D is really um, popular in my world uh, with the athletes that I'm working with currently. And I love it when I ask the question, you know, what supplements are you taking? And athlete A would say vitamin D. And and I kind of pause because I'm waiting for the next step, right, Dina? So athletes, when I'm talking to you, and if I ask you the question, what supplements do you take? I I kind of am kind of expecting a quantity along with it, like a Uh dosage. Because, okay, if, if athlete A says, oh, I'm taking vitamin D and I say, how much? Oh my gosh, Gina, eight times out of 10, here's what's happening. I don't know. I'm just taking vitamin D or yeah. I'm taking iron, right? These are, these are nutrients like to your point, we need to kind of be careful because we don't want to consume too much of it and too high of a dosage. So, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I actually had those two examples pop up with athletes. This, this week was one athlete had no idea. Um, number one, why uh, they were taking vitamin D and number two, the dosage and number three, they had no idea that you actually need to align some of these supplements you take based on current biomarker testing and the levels. And this is what I like to explain to athletes, especially around vitamin D is depending on the level that we see when it's tested via blood, that will help me dictate number one, if we can get some through food, like what can we do? Although we know it's very difficult in terms of finding vitamin D in foods, unless it's enriched or fortified. Um, That said, I base my vitamin D recommendations on the level we find in that biomarker testing. So sometimes I go lower, sometimes I go higher. It's not just as easy as, you know, someone saying I'm just taking vitamin D, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, and I know you probably run in the vitamin D story a lot. I I've actually just run into, this doesn't happen often, 
iron supplementation in a male athlete usually does not happen in my world too often, but I did have that. And I, it was funny because I, I had the athlete show me the supplement. He showed it to me and, and I said, oh, you're taking iron. I had no idea. He's like, yeah, I'm anemic. And I'm like, oh, did you, you know, did you have blood work to, you know, testing? He said, yeah, you know, had it done a while ago. And I looked at the supplement, Dina, and I looked at the type of iron and the first thing I said was, do you usually have GI issues or digestive issues when you take this? And he, he looked at me with confusion and he said, yeah, how did you know? And I said, <laughs> it's because it's the type, like who recommended this, right? It's the type of iron. So athletes, even the type of some supplements, like there are different salts and different types of minerals um, and, and, and classifications, I guess, if you will, of different um, supplements that some of them like magnesium comes to mind. There's like how many different types of magnesium there's how many types of iron where if you're not choosing the right one it's not giving you what you think it's giving you right it's not doing what you need it to do and it could be causing some serious gi issues at the same time so those were my two examples of this last week yeah bob and we talked about supplements too back in our episode number six i believe it was where mm-hmm. we were touching on some of these things maybe not in quite the same tone but yeah, uh, yeah. we bring it up because i mean at some point we hope this train slows down you know like let's let's be careful everyone when you're looking at supplements starting them to work with a qualified professional health professional dietitian preferably, or at least on, in one of your support team members. Um, but it comes back over and over and over. And it, it can honestly, for me also just feel scary for that person, uh, in terms of the risk involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, <clears throat> I'm going to get on a secondary sub soapbox within this soapbox, if you don't yes. mind, because you oh, just, it's a sub soap. Box. It's a sub soapbox. Okay. You just, it, I'm a little hot underneath the collar right now, based on what something you just said, because of the experience I've had recently in the last probably year or so. Here's the great thing. A lot of athletes these days are acknowledging they, they need a performance team around them, which is awesome, right? Sport dietitians and coaches and physicians and massage therapists, like fantastic. However, each of us specializes in a certain area, right? So I am not going to give you, you know, physical therapy advice or medical advice, not device advice. Right. And, and I, but unfortunately here's what I've been seeing, Dina, a lot of these athletes are like, like when I'm asking them, where did you get like, who's tell, who's talking to you about these supplements, who's recommending them? Oh, you know, so, 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 and so not a registered dietitian. And I'm even going to say this, Dina, because we've been around the block quite a while as mm-hmm. dietitians. You need to find a registered dietitian who specializes in sport nutrition because there's such a huge difference between a clinical sport or clinical dietitian and a sport dietitian. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing, athletes, if you're looking to get someone on your performance team, like sport dietitians, we, we know the levels that you need in your body. We know the supplements that, that are, that should be used by you. If you're thinking about it based on some biomarker testing or whatever, like that's our job. You know what I mean? It's not like we just, you just kind of float around it. Like this is what we do, right? So please find a qualified sport dietitian, registered dietitian, but someone who is qualified in sport dietetics, whether they're a board certified specialist in sport dietetics, or they've just been, you know, obviously they're a registered dietitian with a lot, a ton of experience doing this. And I will kind of not to pull anyone out and, and, and throw anyone under the bus, but just remember, like, this is what we do, like this nutrition, this is our, our life, right? 
we're not in the supplement recommending business. We're in the food creation business and looking at supplements in terms of how they can be supplemental to your health and performance uh, plans, right? So we're not going, you're not going to come to us and say, you know, I, I need some help with my nutrition. And the first thing Dina and I say, oh, well, let's look at your supplements. Like that's the right. last thing we talk about, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of our assessment. What are you taking yeah. and why? But definitely it is not the top thing on the task list to no. just add on a whole bunch of supplements out of the gate. Right. Right. Okay. I needed to just throw oh, that sub soapbox in there. It's, yeah. I, okay. I we're, feel a little better. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, having some healing time, <laughs> I know, but I do have another issue. And I think if we can go on the soapbox number two, okay. If I, if I may, yeah. number two, number two soapbox. So this is kind of, I, I kind of referred to it a little bit in, in soapbox number one, but oh my gosh, testing, Dina, testing, testing, testing. Now here's the thing. I, I only look at testing if we can use the data and if it's actually efficacious and necessary, right? I'm not one to just recommend a thousand tests. I do, I recommend tests if we're going to actually use it and it's going to be helpful in creating health and performance nutrition plans and even some, some supplementation plans, right? And it kind of feeds into soapbox number one, but oh my gosh, athletes, please learn about your body more. I don't care if it's biomarker testing. I don't care if it's genomics testing, metabolic efficiency testing. If you're going to come to me. Okay. So here's the thing, Dina, here's my soapbox athletes. You're going to pay me good money. And I do appreciate that so much for utilizing my expertise. And I'm going to utilize everything I've got to help you improve your health and performance. But if I don't have some data right? That decreases the amount of tools in my toolbox to be able to help you. Right. So, and again, it kind of comes back to soapbox number one, Dina, when someone says, do you recommend supplements? Well, my first question is, well, yeah, let's look at your nutrition first, but have you had any testing done? If you have, give me the data so I can look at it. So now I can look at you in a bigger picture to see really what's going on, maybe even from a more holistic standpoint. Right. So Oh, that's my soapbox number well, two, testing, testing, testing. It's more tools in the toolbox so that you, the athlete get what it is you're looking for in a more efficient manner. Right, yeah. Bob. It's kind of like if we look at the sports we do or sport we do, and we, we invest in the accessories or the equipment or whatever other gear, I mean, totally. that's usually a no brainer for athletes. Like, oh, I need the shoes. I need the bike. I need the whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And without that, I can't do sport of choice as well or as efficiently or meet the goals that I have in mind. And so it's similar or analogous in a way with what we do looking at health, nutrition, and so forth, that oftentimes we can do so much more and so much more efficiently when we bring in the testing services. Um, of course, it does need to be tailored to what that person's looking for. I, I don't know if that's just a thing people have to hear more or just realize, you know, part of the investment when we are looking at improving health or supporting, supporting health is the notion that, that at times we will need to invest financially and some more testing services to, to get the job done. 
Yeah. And, you know, we always refer to it as popping the hood, right? I mean, it's, I think it's important, but, you know, usually I like to have those conversations with athletes first, you know, before we even begin is, you know, obviously going through the, what have you done before? What have you tested? Um, you know, what are, what are the challenges right now? What are the health challenges? What are the performance challenges? Like if there's a test out there that I think would be beneficial, I'm going to recommend it. Now, if there's a test out there that, that is out there. And again, I here's, here's soapbox a, part two of soapbox number two is, <laughs> Wait. you know, there's so many, there's so many tests out there and athletes come in like, what about this? What about that? I'm like, yeah, they exist. But based on what I'm seeing here and based on what you're telling me, we don't need that. Like, don't, don't spend your financial resources on that. Spend them on this instead, because this is going to be more bang for your buck and give us the tools we need initially. And then maybe we look at those other tests down the road, but don't pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for a test that you don't need. Right. I mean, uh, I think that's common sense to me, but you never know. I know. Well, Bob, it goes kind of to with part two, a wait, I'm losing. I need a chart. So when you were, (laughs) when you were mentioning (laughs) the support team or uh, performance team, I, I get nervous, like start sweating a bit when somebody maybe let's say in the chiropractor world Mm -hmm. is running nutritional related tests. Mm, Um, So there's, and it gets confusing. I understand because I've been there myself, like on the other end as a patient or client and being told, oh, you need these tests. And I'm, I'm not quite certain that that practitioner is very knowledgeable in that area, or that's the true set of expertise uh, <laughs> and then you invest in, you know, the money to do these tests and then the whole supplement thing comes in. There's just a lot there, I think, to be mindful of. Um, there is for sure. I, yeah. you know, I think a lot of these professionals are trying to be forward thinking. Um, sometimes they're not, they're simply not ready. Like I have a lot of respect for a, a lot of health professionals. Right. Um, and, and I know, you know, we, we, we have to re- remain in our scope of practice, you know, as health professionals. And I do acknowledge that a lot of us do kind of try to get either different certifications or more schooling. Cause we know, we know, you know, in the physician, the medical world, they really are education. They don't have a lot of nutrition education and any physician will tell you that chiropractors usually have a little bit more in their program, depending on where they're going. Um, but, but again, not as much as we do, because this is literally all we study is metabolism and nutrition and, and, you know, physiology and all this stuff in our programs. So, you know, it, it does go kind of to the point where you're kind of, you're kind of mudding the waters, like you're going somewhere else for nutrition advice, but they're not a dietitian. And it's not to say they're not knowledgeable, but, but again, it's, it's looking at what you're trying to, to get out of it, what you're trying to do. And, Really, again, if, if I have, I mean, here's the thing, Dina, now that you brought this up, if I'm having some, some lower back problems, who am I going to go to? Am I going to go to my physician? Probably not. I mean, mm-hmm. no disrespect. I am going to go to a physical therapist. I'm going to go to a chiropractor, right? I'm going to go to the specialist in that field to help me with my lower back. Right. So yeah. I think it's the same thing when you're looking at supplements, who are you going to go to? I think and again, let me just get on another soapbox. I get it. Registered dietitians of the past, like old school. I totally get it. Like, you know, a lot of people were, or a lot of dietitians were anti-supplements, food first model. Well, we live in a different society, right? So in what we know with sport dietitians is we are very open 
to discussing supplements, right? The why behind it, the reason, the efficacy of, of it, the testing of it. We're very open to that, but I do understand because I've talked to some athletes who are like, oh no, I worked with someone, you know, back in the past or back in the days and he or she gave me this advice. I'm like, yeah, well, that's not where we are currently, right? We, yeah. we all progress in our field, in our education, but we do know, and I'll tell you straight up, I am not anti-supplement whatsoever. I'm just anti-testing just to test or anti-putting pills or powders or potion in your body just because you think you may need it, right? Let's, let's get some hard truth data, numbers, results, whatever you want. So I can actually come at that as a sport dietitian and actually help that athlete more. And, and actually without guessing, right. I don't know. Yeah. Do you need vitamin D? I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, Bob, I can hear your fire right now. I'm fired. I've, I don't, <laughs> I did, know, I don't know if you it. had caffeine this morning or what I else have, I did actually, I had <laughs> my normal cup, but today was a coffee day, not a yerba mate Ooh. day or green tea. So Maybe I'm a little more jazz because of that, but I don't know. It's just, you know, these things have, I'm, I'm glad we're kind of opening this up a little bit because too, it, it may sound like we're on rants, but there's a lot of golden nuggets here for athletes. And for our listeners is I think a lot of listeners right now are scratching their head. They're like, you know what? A lot of this makes sense. Like I, I get what they're doing and I get what they're saying here. I might just do another tangent, which we could call another soapbox. That's all connected, yeah. Bob. Uh, thinking maybe even in terms of supplements, like it's a magical, you know, miracle cure and relying on something like that to fix all the things that are going on. So I mean, ultimately we have to give attention to what our behaviors are as human beings. And so we can't just rely on a supplement or something that seems like, oh, this is the answer to my problems without me making shifts in what my routine is in terms of living, daily living and the choices that we make. Um, Do you see where I'm going a little bit with this? I do see where you're going. Yeah. Keep going. I like this. Well, I guess it relates more to the ability to make change that sometimes that is hard work. Sometimes it's extremely difficult. Yeah. Sometimes we think we want whatever outcome. And then when we look at what's involved to achieve that outcome, we decide, you know what, I'm not really ready for that. Others forget that important step of readiness and willingness to make some changes. And this isn't the willpower motivation thing. This is not that this is like, what are you able to do in your life to reprioritize or how important is this thing that you think you want in your life? What are you ready and willing to do right now about it? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a lot of us get lured by the outcome so much if it is weight loss, for example, um, or body recomposition, something along those lines. Of course, we need to understand what the reasons are behind that, what our beliefs are about achieving that outcome. But if we decide to move forward with that, um, you know, looking at all the processes involved that will get us to that outcome. And I just see so many times, like, you know, you start the diet or you start the supplement or you start the XYZ, you know, fad thing. Uh, and ultimately we have to go back to changing behaviors and that whatever it is that you purchased, isn't going to, to solve anything. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's also kind of to say that, you know, what you're saying is you have to be ready to make the change, but it's, it's not like, you know, you brought up weight loss and it's not like as easy as, okay, if I want to lose weight, I just, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to do some intermittent fasting. I'm going to skip some meals. Like, that's not what we're talking about. Like that is, that is a, in a, a very short term, it's not necessarily a behavior change because again, to your point, like if you want something different and you want to make something different in your, in your life in your body or whatever, like you do have to put a little work and you have to put a little effort and, you know, elbow grease in there, but you have to be ready first to do that. You can't just will yourself to say, oh, I'm going to do this now. Right. There, there are different steps. And we even know there's psychological models that are based on this, right? Yes. Stages of change. Uh, there, yeah, there are a couple other processes that we can look at to identify, you know, where are you at in yeah. terms of making these changes or readiness to make change? Yeah. Um, but well, it's, and, it's and definitely neglected. It is. And, and if, you know, if I come to you, Dean, I'm like, Hey, you know, I want to change the way my body is, you know, aesthetically or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, well, hopefully I'm not going to expect you to say, Oh, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Maybe hmm. eat less. Like that's, that's not the right response. You know what right. I mean? Cause you're going to, you're going to look at it and say, okay, let's, let's look at everything in your life. Like, where are you at right now? What's going on? Like, are we, are we able to make some change? Are you even ready to make that change? Right. But I often see a lot of individuals who, who are at that point where, and, and it is a specific um, readiness, you know, stage uh, in that stage is a change model, but they're, they're thinking about it. Right. But maybe they're just not ready to engage yet. So maybe they're not willing to to, to, if, if they're not exercising, maybe they're not willing to exercise, or maybe they're not willing to change up their exercise. But you know, if, if, because I think a lot of people think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I'm not going to say you're broke and we're broke, but I'm going to say, if you want change, something different has to happen, both from a nutrition and an exercise, and probably even from a psychological standpoint in terms of your mindset. Something's got to change. Something, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes not all of those at the same time, because that is super overwhelming. I know, you know, in, in what I do with athletes, Dean, I like to take little small chunks and, you know, I usually have weekly goals instead of saying, okay, we just want to do all of this right now. Like that's super overwhelming. And I think of it, like if someone asked me to do, you know, five different things this week to change my behavior, I'm not going to do them. Yeah. Right? I'm simply like, I don't have time to do that, but I'm also, that is overwhelming in terms of the psychological uh, aspect, right? So I'm going to give you one or two things to do, and we're going to try to do them really well for seven days, maybe 14 days. And then we're going to build on that. So I think also you, you may be alluding to this too, Dina, where I think people get very impatient and we live in that society where we want that immediate gratification and Hey, I'm sorry, but behavior change doesn't work like that. That's not mm -hmm. what behavior modification is. Like it, we're in it for the long haul. Yeah, there's no endpoint. No, and, right? and I'm I'm the first one to, to agree that I don't like that that long time frame because I am very impatient sometimes with certain things in my life, and I want them done now. But some of the things you have to step back i.e. behavior change, fitness, nutrition, you have to step back and say, you know, this is part of the journey. Like I'm in it for life, especially as we're aging. Cause as we know, Dana, you know, things start changing like biology 
grips us and just doesn't let us go. And, you know, things are changing. I think that's really difficult for people in their forties and fifties and beyond, because we all, we all think, Oh, you know, wouldn't it be great to be in our twenties and thirties again? And I'm totally going off on a tangent here, but wouldn't it be great? And I don't, and I see a lot of the athletes when I work with my, my recreational athletes, you know, of those ages, they're, they're grabbing so much. They keep so much attention on their twenties and thirties and they forget about where they're at now. And they're, they're almost not enjoying where they're at now They're because they're reliving their past. And, you know, I have to remind them that we're in a, a different category, different stage of your life. We need different things and that necessitates change and it necessitates changing your behavior at the same time. Yes. Wow. We humans are pretty complicated, Bob. I, I'm just yeah. going to send out a big group hug to everyone this Ready? very moment and, and uh, step off my soapbox a little bit. I'm stepping down oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm sending I actually, out group hugs instead. <laughs> I believe if I had a blood pressure cuff on right now, that my blood pressure is actually a lot lower. Really? Really. Oh. I, I feel better after kind of divulging all of this and just allowing our listeners in you know, our world for just a few minutes while still having some golden nuggets along the way, right. While listening yes. to us, us rant on our soapbox, but I do still believe that, that the listeners provided or were provided some, some great uh, educational opportunities and little snippets, if you will. Yeah. I think it's a new appreciation or another layer on that appreciation onion that we unpeel yes. or peel yes. off one of exactly. those things. Yeah. Ooh, everyone, group hugs and breathing is what oh. is happening to <laughs> amazing. Well, yeah. good, Bob. Maybe we maybe we should be done with our soapbox then. Cause I, I think that's I think good. I think I think we had some important topics, you know, some things that were kind of heating us underneath the, the collar kind of a thing. I, I think yes. we're I think we're good now. I think so too. Bob, hey, real quick, we've got a number of cool episodes coming up on the horizon. Yes, so we do. super excited for that listeners. You want to make sure you're tuning in every Wednesday when we drop a new episode and, uh, don't forget to follow us over on Instagram. ISN podcast is the handle. We'd love to hear from you over there or at our email. Hello at inside sports nutrition.com. Is that it, Bob? We're wrapping her up. I think we wrap it. All right. That's a wrap. All right, listeners, we will see you in the next episode. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 31 of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, where Dina and I got up on our soapbox and chatted about a few topics that were uh, near and dear and kind of bothering us. So we thought we would allow everyone to kind of take a peek into our brains and just kind of enjoy our soapbox and our rant. So we do thank you for listening. Stay tuned next week as Dina and I break down caffeine. Yes, it is time to talk about caffeine, everything caffeine related. So you will definitely not want to miss that one. If you do have a sport nutrition question that you would like Dina and I to address, or even include on one of our future soapbox episodes, you can email us at hello at inside nutrition.com. We'd love to hear from you. Just uh, shoot us that email, tell us your name and the question, and we will address it on a future episode. We would absolutely love your support in helping us promote our podcast to everyone around the world. If you do find the content that we're giving you and all the information is great and all our real life strategies are 
A-OK and pertinent to you, we would love it if you can visit your podcast platform of your choice, give us a five-star rating, submit a review. It really helps us kind of spread the word and and, um, trying to educate more athletes around the world. For more information about what Dina and I do in terms of nutrition coaching for individuals and teams, physiological testing, and biomarker testing, you can reach me at the Energy Performance website, that is enrgperformance.com, and you can reach Dina at the Nutrition Mechanic website, and that is nutritionmechanic.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guest involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. 